one of my favorite books of all times that was turned into a movie actually is uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And of course you have to include the prequel, The, uh, the Hobbit. It's a great, uh, great fictional account. Uh, uh, but in this story, one of the principal figures, his name is, is Frodo, Frodo Baggins. And he's embarked on a quest, not just any quest, a very heroic quest, a quest to destroy the one ring of power, one ring to rule them all. And Sauron, the Dark Lord, he's been seeking this ring because that's his desire is to be able to rule over everyone and everything. And knowing that all the forces of evil would be against him, Frodo, he showed great, great courage at the Council of Elrond uh, to commit himself to this task. He's already been chased by uh, uh, the black riders and, and faced orcs, and, and now he knows what lies ahead. And yet he still finds the courage to move forward, to move forward, and to move forward. And while The Lord of the Rings is, is a fictional tale, there are other stories and other movies. Maybe something like American Sniper comes to mind, the Chris Kelly story. Um, these, these accounts, they, they tell of great courage that people have displayed. And sometimes these accounts, you know, if the movie's done really well, they move us, don't they? They move us to ask ourselves, what would I have done in that moment? Uh, will I ever be called upon to, to have that kind of courage? But in truth, we, we would just, uh, just as well uh, uh, play safe in the shallow end of the pool. We'd, we'd just as well, like a good hobbit, uh, seek to not go on any kind of adventures, not take any, any kind of risk at all, not have to be asked to display courage. We often uh, try to avoid risk in situations where, where courage would be required. We choose to play it safe. Uh, and while it may not be as dramatic as Frodo, or even to the extent of Woody in Toy Story 4 when he uh, goes after uh, uh, Bo Pete to rescue her, and, and it may not be in, in ways where you get your, where you get your name in the, in, the, in, in the paper, but as Christians joining Jesus in seeking his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, in our lives and beyond, we will, you will at times be called upon to be men and women of courage. It takes great courage to live the lives of holiness that God has called us to. It, it takes great courage to profess your faith in baptism. It takes courage to endeavor to become a spiritual leader in your home when, when that just hasn't been existent there. It takes courage for an employee to stand up to their boss and say, you know what, I'm not going to rip these people off anymore. Much more than we realize, courage is, is indeed needed more often than we sometimes uh, think. We are returning uh, this week to our series called The Story. Um, and this, this, uh, this series is teaching us and guiding us through the great meta-narrative of Scripture, of, of the Bible. And so to, to get us caught up, recall that, that God had created everything and, and it was indeed very good. Man had uh, turned from God, decided for, wanted to decide for themselves what's right and what's wrong. And this separated them from God. Uh, sin uh, quickly, quickly spread. People just wanted to just kind of do their own thing. And uh, um, uh, 
God, long story short, called a family in Abram uh, to be the redemptive family to bring about his promised Messiah. Uh, and uh, Abram had a, had a lineage as well, the great patriarchs of the faith, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Um, they eventually found themselves in Egypt, uh, uh, where they really rescued the Egyptian empire at that time from a, a great famine. Um, but uh, a pharaoh came along who forgot all of that story and made them their slaves. People cried out. God remembered, raised up a deliverer in Moses, and uh, uh, they were delivered from their Egyptian bondage, went out into the wilderness. God gave them the instructions for life, how to live as his people in the promised land, what they call, uh, what, or what we call the, the Torah or the law. And they, they embarked for the promised land. They were on the banks of the promised land, sent spies in, 12 spies in, you may recall from our last uh, sermon in, in this series, and two spies came back with a great uh, 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 report. They said, the land is flowing with milk and honey. It's a place you want to live. And the challenge will be great, but we can do it. But the 10 other spies gave a bad report. And the report that they shared was that we looked like grasshoppers in our own eyes. We were so small. The people there are so big. Uh, the, the, their, their towns are, are impenetrable. There's no way we can do it. We might as well turn, uh, turn tail and run back. And the people, they really shook in fear. They shook in fear when they heard this report and they didn't want to go. And so for the next 40 years, again, long story short, but for the next 40 years, they're wandering in the desert there uh, until a new generation, a faithful generation, uh, uh, would, uh, would, would grow up and mature. And that's where uh, this, the account that we heard this morning has us in Joshua 1. They, uh, they are now again on the, the banks of the Jordan and ready to cross over. Uh, one of the things that we did not uh, read this morning is the priest, uh, the moment they stuck their foot in the Jordan River, which was at flood stage, the river stopped and they were able to walk through water on dry ground, just like the original uh, Israelites did when they left Egypt and they went through the Red Sea on dry ground. And now they enter into the promised land and they camp there. And I, I think perhaps they could even see Jericho just in the distance. And they see these massive walls and they begin to shudder. They begin to, perhaps fear begins to, 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 to settle in. And uh, look with me, if you will. We're going to fast forward now to uh, Joshua chapter 6 and hear about Israel uh, 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 beginning to, to live into the promised land and capturing the, the, uh, the, the first town, the town of Jericho. Um, and, and so if you will, uh, lean in and, and look at, look at uh, verse 2 here. Joshua chapter 6, verse 2. Um, they, they're, they're there. They're there at, at, at Jericho. And God is, God is now uh, pre preparing them. Preparing them to be fearless leaders in, uh, 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 the, uh, in God's economy for the redemption of the world. That they may live into the promised land. And he says three times in the passage that we heard, I'm sorry, going back to uh, chapter one, three times he said, be strong and courageous. Why was that necessary? Remember how the people shook in fear 
when they heard about a life in the promised land, the people of the promised land, the, the uh, defensive measures and, and military might of the people there, even their great size and how little of resources we have. It's almost like they were just farmers with uh, 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 pitchforks. They knew what they would encounter, that, but they're also aware that God is the one calling them to take a risk. And so God reminds them, be strong and courageous, for I will be with you. And when they cross over that, that river, there stands those, those walls of Jericho. And they are massive. Station, uh, stationed on, on top of the wall are guards all the way around it. The, the wall was actually uh, um, like plywood. It was two layers thick. The, it had an outer layer that was about six feet thick. And then an inner layer that was another 12 feet thick. 18 feet thick, these walls. Uh, and, and they were built, they were built not just to be impenetrable, but to, but to be so aboding as to strike fear in the hearts of all those who would approach. And life in the promised land is just beyond it. But right now, it probably just seemed a little bit impossible. And I want you to identify uh, what that wall might be for you in your life. Is there a challenge, a, a situation that just seems impossible? Maybe, uh, maybe it's some, some health news that you've received. Maybe, uh, maybe the, there's an, addic an addiction in your life. Uh, maybe there's an addiction to an emotion uh, like anger or melancholy, depression. Um, maybe there's a bad habit that uh, you, you know you need to make a lifestyle change, but doggone it, just finding the discipline to live into that. Maybe it's a, a ministry that you want to start or, or a person that you're trying to reach out to. And, and you'd love to see this happen. You'd love to see, uh, see this ministry go off the ground. You'd love to see this person begin to, 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 to have their life transformed by, by Jesus Christ. But maybe you just say, you know what? I don't know that I'm the person. I mean, I don't have much. I, I've failed too much. I've, uh, you, you know my past. And I just don't think that God can use me. And we, we hit these walls. And these walls, they can seem impenetrable. And you get tempted, don't you, to just throw up your arms, throw up your hands and say, well, there's really nothing I can do. And so God is preparing the Israelites. And he's preparing you this morning. As he says, be strong. Be strong and courageous. Because the Lord is with you. And now look closely. Uh, again, let's uh, jump back to, to uh, chapter 6 and verse 2. Uh, uh, look at the language that, that, that God uses here, right? So they see these walls. They see Jericho. Uh, and you can see your wall, can't you? And then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its, its king and its fighting men. Um, well, not really, God. Uh, I mean, right? I, I mean, I'm here on this side. I need to be over there on that side. Uh, the wall is still there, and it still seems impossible. But yet God says, notice the language, I have delivered. You know, he, he speaks of what has not happened as though it has 
He uses this past tense verb, and, and yet it hasn't happened. And this helps us to really to understand uh, uh, something that I would call courageous faith. Courageous faith. Courageous faith is, is speaking of what uh, hasn't happened as though it has already happened. And of course, this is in reference to, to things which God has promised, right? Uh, if God has promised it, it would be a good venture to undertake. Uh, um, but, uh, 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 so, uh, um, but in this case, uh, God has, has promised them life in the promised land. He, he has promised to bring these walls down, to, to conquer this enemy, to give them this land, to uh, uh, the land that he had uh, sworn to Abram where Abram had, had actually already bought a, a plot of land. And, and God has promised that this, would, this, this was it. This was their home. God had promised Jericho to them. And God has promises for you too, doesn't he? He's promised to forgive you through his son, Jesus Christ. He, is, he has promised new life and transformation, holiness. He has promised power to live differently. Acts, think of Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. Uh, he, he has promised, yes, even to use the little that you have, the least of these, to change the world. And to usher in his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And, and to overcome the evils and the injustices of this world. God has promised these things. If God, if God hasn't promised it, don't take another step forward. But if it's what God has promised, seek that courageous faith. You know, for some... God may have called you to, uh, God has promised that, that he would send you to, uh, to Kenya uh, or to Honduras. Or maybe he's, call, uh, he, he's called you to some place in Anderson or Chesterfield or, or Muncie. And maybe you started out white, white hot. I mean, you, you were just guns blazing. Let's go. You know, I'm ready to take on hell with a squirt gun. And you heard God's call. You heard his promise. But notice what comes next in the text. Notice God's military plan for, for Israel to, uh, uh, to overtake Jericho and enter life, set, set, begin to settle into life in the promised land. Um, when they heard his plan, I, I, I could just see them saying like, uh, wait, what? Uh, you see, Joshua, Joshua, understand, Joshua was this battle-tested warrior, right? Um, so imagine his shock when he heard what, what, what how really uh, God said that they would uh, uh, gain victory over Jericho. God basically told, uh, told uh, Joshua, and Isaac would love this. God basically told Joshua, go get a marching band and go for a walk. Have a parade. And, and I could just, just see Joshua he, he, like, wait, what? Uh, um, that's not exactly what, what I was thinking, you know, because in, in, in our intimation, uh, uh, we, we would say, uh, uh, hey, let's get the Abrams tanks out, you know, and, and, and the biggest guns that we could find. And let's, let's go with that. A marching band and a parade? Are you kidding? But that's the point of courageous faith. Courageous faith goes from focusing on our smallness and what we can provide to God's bigness. You know, uh, before, 
Recall, 40 years before, all they saw uh, was themselves being like grasshoppers. Uh, and, and now they might still see, see themselves that way. They may even see themselves as just some small clan, small, you know, uh, some small family, uh, and, and not having much uh, military weaponry to be able to, to conquer this. But their focus isn't on that any longer. They've taken their eyes off of themselves and put them on their big God. Let me tell you, there's nothing more life-changing than this. That you take your eyes off of your smallness and you put them on God's bigness. Can you do that? Will you do that today? That you confront the walls in your life. That challenge that's before you. Not looking at, at who you are, but who God is. See, the question isn't, isn't uh, how big am I compared to the wall what resources do, do I have? But rather, how big is God? In John chapter 6, uh, Jesus, he's, he's, with, uh, he's with his disciples, and there's thousands out here, right? There's, there's just thousands in this, in this meadow. And, and uh, uh, Jesus' heart, uh, he, he, he can, he can tell, see their need, that, that they need food. And so he calls a board meeting gathers all the board members up and he says, hey, listen, uh, I want you guys to go out and, uh, and feed these thousands of people. And they're like, hold up, what? We don't have enough. We don't, we don't have the resources for this. This is just a ministry undertaking that we just can't take. It's not a good idea, pastor, or it's not a good idea, Jesus. And, and Jesus says, give me what you got. And so they find a boy and all he has is two loaves and some fish. And out, of, and out of this, because of the bigness of who God is, because he's the God of miracles, he's the God of the possible, he takes that little bit that we have to offer and does a miracle in the lives of those around him. How can God use you and what you have to offer him to see those walls come down, to see somebody's life change, whether it's yours or the person that you're trying to reach, let me tell you, there, again, there's nothing more life-changing than getting your eyes off of, off of you and your little bit of resources and putting them on Jesus. You know, our story, your story, it'd look dramatically different if you begin to live into that today. So how can your story then become a testimony of God's bigness? Let's talk about that for a second. You know, how can the, 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 the walls come down in your life for the glory of God. Because that's what I want for you. That's, that's that your story would tell the world that God is bigger than your problems. Bigger than your regrets. Bigger than your fears. Shame gone. Fears gone. Guilt gone. Bigger than the wall in front of you. Joshua is in this part of the Old Testament that we call the, the historical books. And these books remind us uh, and reminded Israel throughout their centuries, and they remind us still today of how God has been with us. And again, because we're reading this account uh, this morning and, and, and considering that, it's something that we still continue to do. We, we, we still practice this in calling to mind all that God has, has done to deliver us and offer us promised land life. And, and the great climax of that was, was, was what we celebrated last week in Easter. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. 
who, who went to a cross that, that we may have the forgiveness of our sins and, and, and be able to live into the humanity that God created you and I for. And all that was made possible. This new life was possible because of Jesus. And we remember that. And, and, and really every day we want to live into that and remember that. But we, so we, we go through these seasons, uh, if you will, in the church calendar where we re remember the great working of God throughout our human, human history. That Jesus uh, took uh, the, the penalty of our sin. It's the greatest one. It's the greatest one in my life. That he set us free, that he sets you free from the guilt, the shame, that you can live a new life today, life in him. Be sent, be sent to face your wall with the power of the gospel that our Lord overcame the greatest enemy to face us today, the greatest wall to face us, face us death in the grave. That's the power of God in your life if we will take a stand in courageous faith. And let's be sent, sent uh, to see his kingdom come in greater ways, right? In our life, where, where those walls that we, that we will face uh, uh, um, would, would be, uh, uh, we would be victorious in the power of God. But there, as we go seeking his kingdom come, we will sometimes still encounter very real walls. There's a phrase in the movie version. Uh, 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 it's not in the, the books that J.R.R. Uh, 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 Tolkien uh, wrote, uh, verbatim at least. And it's not even said by the same person or even in the same place. Uh, but, but still, this, this, this phrase in um, uh, the, the Fellowship of the Rings, almost towards the very end of it, it really speaks quite powerfully to, to who we all desire to be and who we can become in Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit that he gives alive in us. It, it speaks powerfully to, to something that we all want to live into. There, uh, Galadriel, uh, uh, seeking, she, she wants to encourage Frodo. He, he doesn't think that he can go on in this quest. He's not sure that, that he's the one. And she, she very quietly leans into him and, and, and says, even the smallest person can change the course of the future. Man, that is so powerful. And I, I truly believe those words are true. And like Joshua, Frodo is, is an example of someone with courageous faith. And let me tell you, it's, it's time, isn't it? It is time, church, for us to also make the courageous decision to rise to the challenge that God places before us. Before the, what is that challenge before you? And as Christians saved by the power of God in Christ, we don't play it safe. We're called to take risks. We're called to, to go with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, we think of the Great Commission to go into all nations, teaching and baptizing in his name. Oh, goodness. As Christians, we don't play safe. We take risk in ministry. We take risk in people. We take risk to see his kingdom come more and more in our lives and in the lives of others and, our and in our community. But sometimes that may lead us and may lead you to places that seem like, like walls. 
to, to situations that seem impossible. Whatever that wall is that you're facing in your ministry, in your family life, whatever, your future can change. If God has promised it, your wall can, will, will come down. Only be strong and courageous. Keep moving forward in courageous faith in Jesus. Not in yourself, not in, in resources or anything that the world can give. But move forward with courageous faith in Jesus. In the life, in his life, and in the life that he has for you. For he is with you wherever you go. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you. Almighty and merciful God, we have received your grace today. And with thankful hearts, we go our ways on our various paths that you have set each of us on. Drive from us, we pray, the evils that assail and afflict us, that we may live into the promised land life afforded to us through your son, Jesus. Even now, as we also look to its coming in full, in the power and in the spirit of our Savior and risen Lord, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Well, hey, God bless you. Thanks for joining us for, for, uh, for worship. Again, if there's anything that we can do for you, feel free to contact us anytime. If this is blessing you, hey, let us know. If you've given your life to Jesus through, uh, through any of these messages or services, hey, let us know. Send us an email. Uh, put it in the comments. But may God bless you and go with his love and grace in Jesus' name. Amen. There's nothing that our God can't do. Do you believe that? There's not a mountain that he can't move. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Whoa, there's nothing that our God can't do. There's not a prison wall he can't break through. Oh, praise the name that makes a way. There's nothing that our God can't do. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 oh. There's nothing that our God can't do.